Make It Right, the manufacturing podcast. Greek philosopher Heraclitus said change is the only constant. Whether it's small changes that take place on a daily basis or sudden big change that gets thrust upon us, there is no escaping change. And we've all been adjusting to sudden change in the last number of months. But as we get back to our new normal, its impact will go with us. Welcome to the Make It Right podcast. I'm Janet Eastman, and last week on episode 108, my guest was supply chain expert Filippo Mauri, and he discussed how the COVID-19 pandemic has been a game changer for business. He joins me again this week with a European perspective on how the shifting business landscape is impacting developing countries and how social distancing has flattened the hierarchical playing field. And that's where we pick up the conversation. I was amazed to see, you know, if you work on, let's say, on Zoom or whatever, uh, on, on Teams or Skype, whatever, whatever uh, you name it, um, actually, you can see in the background of the, of the speaker, let's say, a piece of, uh, of their home, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, actually, there are some, uh, let's say, signs into the cor- into the corporate, uh, let's say, environment, which are very important. You know, um, how you know, if you go on a certain floor where you have uh, all the executive, there is a certain uh, spacious offices, uh, a sort of rarefied hair. I mean, you can feel it. You, this is a way to communicate that this is the executive floor, for instance, right? And, and and you know that when you get there, it's like that. So there are signs in the in the companies that actually tells you more or less how important somebody is, or you know even the tie or whatever. You know that there are known, let's say, non-verbal, let's say, uh, signs that actually are transmitted, let's say, to 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 tell how powerful somebody is, and. Uh, that is over on Zoom, where everybody is very well, is very under, let's say, underdressed compared to the dress code, to the normal business dress code. Um, very casual. Uh, in the back, you can see part of the kitchen or part of, uh, you know, maybe the living room or the basement. And so, uh, independently of the seniority, actually, people do look the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is. Flat, this is erasing, let's say, completely all the signs of differentiation across the, the hierarchy and actually flattens down and everybody. And this helps, uh, to me, the sense of belonging to a group. You're not speaking of an organization anymore. You're speaking of a group of people that actually work together. So it's, that, that is, uh, I believe, also an aspect that, uh, that is really defining the future. It's like you with Zoom, you enter in some in a, somebody's home and actually discover a little bit more of his humanity, and that is that is a big change to me. Mm-hmm. There's, a, I mean, that leveling out of the hierarchy has been kind of a positive thing from your perspective through all of this. What has been lost, though? What's not likely to return post-pandemic, whether it's good or bad? Well. Uh, I, I believe that uh, the uh, this situation actually demonstrated that we can do business uh, 
for instance, uh, maybe working uh, two or three days from home, that uh, we, we spent maybe two hours in the commuting, okay? Uh, two hours that are completely lost, that actually, and, and you know, two, hour, two hours over uh, 10 or 12, actually it's a big percentage. And uh, those two hours that we lose everyday commuting, actually we can see that they're coming back and are coming back in terms of productivity, in terms of quality of life, in, term, uh, in terms of uh, uh, work-life balance. I mean, um, this, is, this is something that is here to stay. You really don't want to go back to, to the previous situation because uh, uh, that is, an, that probably, you know, COVID left us a lot of bad things and, uh, and a lot of tragedies. But on the other hand, actually COVID demonstrated that uh, uh, certain things can be done uh, even better and even more efficiently with a better uh, uh, life for the people, um, even uh, working from home. And the technology is there, let's say, to make it happen. So um, uh, it's, it's, it's a big learning. We should not come back on, uh, uh, on the 40 hours a week uh, with very fixed uh, uh, timetables. Uh, uh, this is this is something that is over, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I believe that uh, the other, uh, on the other hand, what we what we should not lose uh, is this. Uh, um, let's say is the the kind of uh, uh, interaction that is uh, that is uh, that is happening and uh, and. Uh, you know, suddenly, and we, we were briefly discussing about that. For instance, the fact of being into the headquarters, okay, uh, actually allows you to create a network, okay? So if you work in the headquarters, in the capitals or whatever, this gives you a, within the organization, a sort of competitive advantage, okay? Because you are where the decisions are taken. In a world that is completely delocalized, where everybody's working more or less from home, Okay, being in the office, in the headquarters is no longer a competitive advantage. So the, uh, the employee who uh, works in uh, New York or the employee who works in, uh, in uh, Ohio, okay, um, they are on the same level in terms of access and the participation to the business, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a great chance because uh, this also flattens the organization. It does not allow you anymore some features advantages like for instance the fact of being close to your uh, to to uh, to the to where the decisions are taken um well it's just flattened and uh, you are as close as anybody else uh with the same uh, um, let's say uh electronic distance um and so there's no difference among uh, among the employees in the in the in the peripheral let's say uh, offices of a uh, subsidiary maybe in uh, West Africa and the ones that are staying in uh, in Paris and uh, and uh, that's that's amazing and this this is a great chance also for uh, countries that are that do not host uh, center of decisions let's say mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about that like th I'm these less developed countries like those that would be in Africa they aren't as you said in the headquarters, but that doesn't matter anymore. So what is the opportunity for some of these countries in, in Asia and Africa that are smaller? 
Yeah, um, I believe that there are some, you know, it's very difficult to generalize, of course, but uh, clearly first, if we look at the, develop, the developing world and the developing countries, and uh, of course, there is a level of resilience. Okay, there are bigger problems compared to, let's say, US and traditional US and Europe. But, um, um, but those countries are actually more, in general, more resilient, okay? More, uh, let's say, uh, used to handle uh, difficult situation or unexpected events. Okay, mm -hmm. so and and and, and everyone who has, uh, for instance, uh, worked in, uh, in general in in Africa, you see, or in uh, certain countries in Latin America or also in Asia, you 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 learn very fast and you're really admired uh, by how people can adapt rapidly to a complex uh, environment where things do not go normally how. Uh, you, you may expect to to work. So that is that is a, an incredible opportunity because suddenly we found ourselves in the same uh, in the same situation. So what you may, uh, for instance, if you think about a pandemic, okay, you don't necessarily think that pandemic may happen in Switzerland one day. However. Okay, you you are you're not surprised if uh, if an epidemic or uh, another disease there is an outbreak somewhere in uh, as as we have seen for instance in uh, in Nigeria or uh, or in uh, Sierra Leone. Uh, today we have the demonstration that those, that Sierra Leone or uh, are you know have, are at the same level as Switzerland because pandemic or uh, uh, outbreaks can happen in both sides. So the one that is more equipped to and uh, more resilient is the one actually who can take advantage, take more space. So for the countries, uh, of course, the, there are less, uh, let's say, uh, structures and less uh, means. But uh, in general, the, the locally, uh, they are more prepared to handle this kind of situation and uh, react very fast. So I believe that uh, this big resetting uh, that is happening across the world uh, actually is going to spread tragedies, okay? But also is going to level up and uh, uh, offer new opportunities on the market uh, to uh, maybe startups or uh, uh, new businesses or uh, that that are actually taking place uh, in the in what is called the developing uh, developing countries. However, there is one thing is that. First, if you see the evolution of technology, the evolution of, uh, for instance, of the e-commerce, the incredible growth, actually you can see that those kind of uh, activities are actually very strong, for instance, in countries like Nigeria. If you think about the new uh, developing um, technologies, like for instance, blockchains or actually e-commerce, actually you can see them happening in uh, having the center of excellence uh, also in countries that unsuspected countries and uh, and uh, this is this is f fabulous uh, we knew that that was happening and uh, this uh, this uh, pandemic is actually make it so visible that probably it's a great opportunity i'm so happy for that mm -hmm. what kind of risks or unexpected opportunities do you think companies actually should be taking right now once as we're moving through this and countries are opening up what are the risks or opportunities people should be grabbing mm. onto 
the risk, uh, uh, to me, the big risk is to, to try to go back to normalcy and to go back to the business as usual, as I was mentioning before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the consumer habits, at least in the short term, let's say, uh, okay, this year, 2020, is going to be probably a, an incomparable unco- year compared to the previous, uh, let's say, the previous years or the previous. Uh, so the concept of, for instance, how good or bad I'm going to do in this quarter, this is this is a, a little bit strange in this period, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so you you're probably uh, need to to look at at the at a longer period in terms of uh, the performance of the company. You need to see how good your company was able to react and change quickly, okay? And the risk is uh, to do and to try to reimplement the same format because this is not going to uh, to work anymore. Maybe and uh, and for sure it's going to be a forced, uh, let's say, structure. So we we need really the risk is uh, is to 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 uh, obey to the need to let's say to deliver the quarter to deliver the year like uh, anything had happened well something had happened and uh, uh, we may use this year to learn as much as we can from what had happened and uh, restart uh, as soon as possible maybe you know you can measure your your performance from uh, september to september or whatever but trying to apply old models to this uh, uh, to this world um, already was uh, probably not the right thing to do uh, before the pandemic but as the pandemic has accelerated everything, probably it's going to be like uh, putting, uh, you know, the wrong size of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of a suit uh, on yourself and wear and wear it, and uh, you you may not feel comfortable in the years to come. Philippa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what what would be your key takeaways that you think that manufacturers and business leaders should be thinking about right now? Oh, right now, yeah. Um, right, right now, I think that the the problem is that how to, uh, okay, how to um, bring people to uh, allow uh, allow people create the conditions for people to to deliver. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, refocus. So, and and this is a major undertaking, let's say, and uh, also try to refocus on uh, how should I. Um, should everybody uh, start um, working in a, in a safe way and uh, and try to remeasure, let's say, the performance of the companies or the manufacturing uh, activities in a way that we do not uh, that we we actually understand how the machine actually starts back uh, during the after the pandemic after this uh, forced stop. I mean, restarting a machine that has been stopped for uh, three or four months, okay, is we know that uh, is something that may not happen as we uh, we expect, 
okay? Mm -hmm. And the same is to restart the factory free after three months of uh, perturbed uh, activity. So we need to be extremely careful that uh, in this transitory phase where we actually wake up again and start back and we bring people safety, safely uh, to work, uh, we do not take risk in terms of uh, safety uh, because uh, probably you know equipment has been stopped for a while uh, and uh, also we continue we listen and we, we we improve the connection and the synchronization with the with the business in order to to restart with the right foot and uh, start uh, selectively produce what is really business enhancing so uh, i believe that we need uh, the the key thing is to restart from the fundamentals and uh, and uh, get the machine turning um, safely. Mm -hmm. I guess I guess the whole key is don't try to rush and make everything happen at once because you know everything could go wrong. So you just have to take it slow and steady and and make sure you can get it rolling. Yeah, the first and, time. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, for me, the dimension, and uh, we're talking about right now, okay, but uh, the dimension of being prepared, okay, and keep being prepared is fundamental. It's not that uh, right now, because we actually don't know what, uh, and God forbids, I mean, we don't want to have a second wave, but everybody's speaking about the second wave. Mm -hmm. So uh, if nothing happens, fine, okay, and we're all happy. But uh, we need to be prepared if in October uh, or November something happens, we will have to take advantage of this hard-earned experience to be prepared by then. And we know that, we know already that probably something is going to happen. And, uh, and uh, we, should, we should look at that, we should uh, restarting now, but restarting in a more, uh, let's say, robust way in order to, to, to face the future in a, in a more uh, reliable, uh, with a more reliable supply chain. Mm -hmm. Filippo, I always love talking to you because you bring a great perspective and I really appreciate you. Uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, joining us on Make It Right this week. It's, uh, it's been an interesting conversation and you brought some things to light I hadn't even thought about. So thank you very much. No, it's my pleasure, and uh, it's it's really fantastic to 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 speak to you as usual. So I hope we can chat again. Yeah, we might. Uh, we may just check in with you sometime in uh, you know October or November to just see how things are. But I really appreciate your time right now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much indeed. It's my pleasure. Filippo Maury is a supply chain expert. He's a senior advisor as well who works for global manufacturers. His company is iMundo Global. That's our show this week. So please check out our Twitter and LinkedIn feeds that are on our podcast page. And you can subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And the Make It Right podcast is brought to you by Kevin Snook. He's a leadership advisor and author of the best-selling book, Make It Right, Five Steps to Align Your Manufacturing Business from the Front Line to the Bottom Line. Until next time, I'm Janet Eastman. Stay safe and thanks for listening to Make It Right.